Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 342, the Roth questions are all across the board. How do you calculate your Roth IRA conversion to reduce taxes when you begin taking required minimum distributions? Speaking of RMDs, what are the rules for RMDs with a Roth 401k? How do the five-year Roth withdrawal rules factor into a decision to leave money in an old Roth 401k or roll it to a new Roth IRA? Plus, IRA contributions from minors and those on unemployment, and whether reinvested dividends count as Roth contributions. And for a total change of pace, do capital gains count toward the capital gains income bracket? And finally, if Joe, Big Al, and I were to win the lottery, what would we do with the money? I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Hello, California Baja. Big Al, Joe, and Andy. That's cute. Baja. Yeah, that's a good one. Love the podcast and the great info you share. As for the necessities. Niceties. Nice. Oh, damn it. I thought I had that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought for sure. You're really necessities. <laughs> the niceties. Niceties. He's going to give us all the nice facts about it. Well, who says niceties, though? Isn't it necessity? Bill from PA. Yeah. <laughs> Bill from Pennsylvania. Uh, you're my favorite po- podcast to listen to when I walk for exercise. And when he runs, it's, boom. It's, it's something else. <laughs> it's, it's, when it's, he's uh, on the bike. <laughs> yeah, forget it. <laughs> this guy's way too boring. If I'm walking, okay. <laughs> uh, my wife drives a 2019 Toyota Highlander, and I drive the 2015 Genesis or the 2020 Toyota Tundra. Ooh, whoa. Okay. He's just got a collection of yeah. kind of yeah, interesting yeah. automobiles there. Yeah, you bet. We have a Yorkie, Maya, and Bishorky. Yeah, I don't, it can't help you on that one. Anyone? <laughs> Bishorky? Is, Bishorky. That, is that what it's called? That's a Bishorky. Bishorky. Yeah, Bishorky. Oh, damn it. Yorkie and a Bishorky. Yeah. Uh, Daisy. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Uh, my favorite adult beverage is a Cabernet. Ah, Ooh. any craft IPA beer and a little rum and diet. Diet Coke. All right, rum and diet. Not a big rum guy. Me neither. Yeah. Except, except in my taste. <laughs> what would I drink when, every when, time? When I'm on the <laughs> islands. All oh, the time. Okay. Let's see. Here's this question How do you go about determining how much of your traditional IRA you should convert to your Roth IRA each year in order to lower your tax bra- uh, burden? When you reach RMD age, right now, I've been converting about $65,000 a year above what we need to supplement our income to just max out the 12% tax bracket for married finally jointly. I'm not sure if we should be doing more or not. I'm 64. We live on $100,000 per year. We have $1.2 million in traditional IRAs, $350 in a 401k, $570 in a Roth, and $350 in a brokerage. We're both retired with no real W-2 income to speak of our only income is from our rental properties by the way i don't think joe is arrogant look at all of my my people are just That's coming a, out yeah but helping. this they're, one's they're, got a big butt though they're supporting you i'm done reading this question <laughs> <laughs> but i reserve the right to change my opinion until after he reads my question uh thanks and i look forward to hearing your response okay so bill is 64 years old yep all righty he's got Call it one and a half million bucks. And uh, let's see what bill. What's bill? What, what we're missing here is what? How much income 
is coming from hold on i could probably well wait a minute he's got, he's got 1.2 in ira 350 and 401k 570 in roth and 350 in brokerage yeah i understand that but 1.5 million dollars in retirement accounts okay all right so he's he says he's converting sixty five thousand dollars um to to max out the top of the 12 which is eighty thousand so his taxable income is twelve thousand bucks would you or i mean well, 15 or fifteen thousand bucks well Plus the standard deduction, so it's probably less. Yeah, so it's probably taxable. His his income's probably well, roughly a hundred five minus twenty five. So let's see, and he and he's then taking ten sixty five. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Um, so should he be converting more? Is the question. Well, we don't know what his Social Security income is going to look like. Um, that would help us, and we right. also need to know what the taxable portion of your real estate income is because he says he's making about a hundred thousand dollars a year, but most of that is passive income through real estate. Well, I'm, I'm assuming he's probably it's real estate. Plus it says brokerage account. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, it, it doesn't really say where it comes from. Yeah, it does. It says it comes from real estate. Mostly. Oh, it did. Yeah. Okay. So my Our said. only income yeah. is from rental properties. Yeah, but then he says we live on a hundred thousand. He didn't say that came from the rentals, did it? Um, I guess you're right. Um, anyway, so so we need more information. We here. we so, do, but I'm gonna go with what we have. So one one point two million dollars. The RMD on that uh, at age seventy two is about fifty grand, right? It's I mean, probably more than that. I mean, it's gonna. He's got one point five million dollars. Oh yeah, four hundred. Right? Okay, I forgot. Okay, so let's so go call, ten years, six percent future 6%. value, two point six four percent, one hundred and seven thousand is his RMD. Yeah, but let's you know wait one second. Okay, so at a million and a half, it's about sixty thousand. And if he converts sixty five thousand per year, it's probably not going to grow that much. Okay, so it might stay at one point five. I'm with you. So sixty grand plus Social Security. Let's just say it's fifty. So okay. that's one ten. All right, right. Probably hundred. Probably forty. That's taxable. Just round numbers, hundred minus the twenty-five thousand dollars standard deduction. Seems like he stays in the twelve percent bracket. But what I don't know is how much of his real estate income is taxable, or whether he has any other kind of income, pensions or otherwise. I think the twelve percent is really safe, so continue to do that. Um, but here's the, I guess here's the exercise that he needs to do: is take a look at your real estate income, right? Add that, add what your Social Security income is going to be, right? At, at age 72, what do you think your income is going to be outside of any type of required distribution, outside of interest and dividends and things like that? Just make it super simple. Sure. Right. And then from there, look at what do you believe your IRA is going to be? Maybe it's the same amount. Maybe it's still 1.5 because it could be growing at four or 5%, but you're converting four or 5% out. Right. So at 1.5 million, you know, 4% of that is going to be your RMD. And is that going to be higher? What is, is it going to be in the 22% tax bracket or is it going to stay in the 12? If yeah. it's going to stay in the 12, don't convert more than what you are. If it's going to be in a, the next bracket, well, then maybe you want to consider converting just a little bit more. Um, you could really dial this thing in, but the top of the 12 for sure, maybe you want to go in the 22 until they change tax rates. Yeah, because the 22 is scheduled to be 25 down the road. So right. just be aware of that. So the 22 is still going to be probably cheaper for you if you are going to be in a higher bracket. Um, and the 22% bracket is pretty large. Right. So you might not want, you don't need to go to the top of the 22. You probably need to go somewhere in the middle of it because 
if he converts to the top of the 22, he'll probably convert too much. Or maybe he does the top of the 22 for a couple of years and then stays in the 12 after that. that. That's where you have to do it. I mean, to do this right, you got to kind of do a little math and, and tax projections and figure it out. But just to, based upon what you told us, 12% is probably pretty good. You may want to go up a little bit, but that, you know, with the information we have, it's hard to say. Cool. All right, Bill. Thanks for the question. Uh, let's see. We got, hey, Big Al, Joe and Andy have been listening to your pod for a year and seems like a lot of your on-air questions start with i have two or three million dollars and get six thousand dollars a month from a pension and four thousand dollars from social security and they ask hmm will i be okay duh give me a break (laughs) i think they just want to hear you guys say how much they have and that they did an awesome job he 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 i just FF through them, love the remote. He fast forwards through fast them. Forward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just fast forward through them. I love the remote. All right. There you go. Very cool. Uh, just a quick question, not about the front or back door Roth, as I know it's your favorite subject. Okay. Uh, my wife is being let go from her job as her business is closing their plan. Uh, the company will still exist, so need some input. Some... Um, Should she leave her money in their Roth 401k or do a direct rollover to a new Roth? Here's the reason for the question. She's 57 years old. So if she keeps the funds with the company, we could have access to the funds at 59 and a half if needed. If she does a rollover, then the new clock would start on the five-year Roth. It would not be able to access the gains for five years. I do I do not get why a Roth 401k transfer to a Roth IRA isn't counted as time served. Their company's 401k is limited, so I believe a rollover is the best option as I would have many more investment options. Love the show. Al's witty comments are always welcomed. Joe is Joe and is always a good sidekick. (laughs) I'm the sidekick. (laughs) How about that? Second billing. Not my month. (laughs) <laughs> wish Andy would chime in more. I often enjoy her commentary. Yeah. How would you answer this question, Andy? I yeah. would say ask chime Joe and Big Al. And the reason <laughs> that I don't chime in more often is because I can't get a word in edgewise with Joe. Wow. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that, this is... Do you think Joe's arrogant? <laughs> oh, yes. No, I don't think he's I'm arrogant. Confident. I think he doesn't like having any kind of space in the discussion. I don't think he likes there to be pauses. This is so he just story. powers through. He just nice powers story. through because yeah. people want the the info. Yes, sure. I want to hear us three just talking about whatever. Life. Yeah, and what uh, you be- drink. I well, no, they care about that. <laughs> a beagle from Cabo. Okay, so a couple of things here. So when you have a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA, when you roll the Roth 401k into a Roth IRA, what happens to the five-year clock is what he's, he's asking. Yes, it but is. But I think he wants to look at this maybe a little bit different. Then I'll answer his question. Okay. And, and Andy, if you have anything, please <laughs> chime in. You got it. <laughs> All right. Um, why is he, why is Beagle... Right. Beagle. Beagle. Beagle from, from Cabo. Cabo. Yep. Why is he concerned about the five-year clock? So he's got a 401k. When she separates from service at age 55, she has access to the 401k plan. Okay. And that's true for Roth 
provision too, right? Roth provisions as well. So sure. if you have a Roth 401k or you standard 401k or whatever the case may be, you have access to the money. So you have to be 55 or older and separating from service while you're that age. And then you have this special rule. You can take money out of the Roth or the regular 401k prior to 59 and a half and not pay a penalty. And so he's saying, you know what? That's fine, but I want to get access to the earnings. So I need to wait until 59 and a half. So I'm not sure if he's saying to us, Al, is that he started the Roth 401k two years ago and he and he wants to fulfill the five-year clock and that five-year clock will be at 59 and a half. But that seems so ironic that it's the same age that you can take money from a, a retirement account penalty free. I, I think what Beagle is saying is that he has this feeling that if he moves it to a Roth IRA, the five-year clock starts over. I think that's, I think that's his concern. If he has a Roth IRA already, the Roth 401k would go in the Roth IRA and it would have, the five-year clock would apply to the first dollar that went into the first Roth IRA. Yeah. And the first dollar that went into the first Roth 401k. Same, same for purposes of the five-year clock. So th they would look at it as a one big contribution that year. Right. Right. So let's say you established a Roth IRA 10 years ago and you just established the Roth 401k two years ago. Yeah. Right. So you're thinking, I have a five-year clock in the Roth 401k that I have to have this season for another three years for me to get the earnings out tax-free. But if he rolls that money out into another Roth IRA, the, the IRS will look at it as, all right, well, that's just a big contribution for that year. Right. right. It's all basis in a sense. Sure. So all of it is tax-free. You have access to the money if you put, if you've already have an existing Roth IRA. So I'm not sure what he's referring yeah, to. Yeah, but here's what I think he's saying is he doesn't have a Roth IRA. He's got a Roth 401k and he's afraid that if he, if he, if he rolls it to a Roth 401k, I mean, I'm sorry. He rolls the Roth 401k to a Roth IRA. The five-year clock starts over. Yeah, which is false. Which is false. And that's yeah, what Roth is a Roth, right? I want to be real clear on that. You don't, a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA are the same thing for purposes of the five-year clock. You take the, the, what is more favorable to you? Right. And so in other words, you can, you can actually completely drain your, your Roth 401k and that carrying period floats into the Roth IRA. You don't have to start over. It carries over into that Roth IRA. So, and there's a, it's, it's tiered, right? Because how they look at it is um, how the income comes out of a Roth is yeah. that it's FIFO tax treatment. So first in, first down. So all contributions come out first and then all conversions come out second. And then earnings of your contributions come out third and then earnings of your conversion come out fourth. Right. Um, and, and chances are, Beagle, the money that you want to take out is going to match your, it'll be less than your contributions, which means it's tax-free regardless of what age you pull it out. Then why do you want to pull the money out now anyway? The yeah. whole purpose of a Roth is to build tax-free growth. You right. got to let it grow. So if you're taking the money out now, I mean, who, I mean, I guess who cares? It doesn't necessarily, how much growth do you have? I mean, why are you... Well, if, if you're retiring and then draining the Roth first, you might want to look at a different strategy. Sure. Yeah. Unless that's all the assets they have. I don't know. It doesn't say. I suppose. Because he gets pretty pissed when he hears all these other people saying they got two or three million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably got 10 yeah. million. So it, it, yeah. didn't want to brag about it. 
Um, and Beagle, we do have a white paper on the five-year rules for Roth withdrawals that you can I, check let, out let at purefinancial.com. Let me say one thing, Beagle. See, that, you're that, just cutting Andy off. She's trying to chime in. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Go for it. <laughs> the five-year clock rule is incredibly complicated. So I'm not, I'm not at all um, surprised that there's misconceptions and questions about it because it's not simple. Right. The, the, the where it gets complicated even more is that you got you got rules for the Roth IRA and you got rules for the, the Roth 401k, which are different. They're, they're similar, but they're different. Right. And so, you you know, does one have a similar five-year clock, a separate, because if I do a conversion, I have a separate five-year clock for each conversion. Right. And then and there's, it's different if you're under 59 and a half and over 59 and a half. So yeah, it, yeah it's tricky. Sharpen your knowledge on those tricky five-year rules for withdrawing from your Roth in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Listen to YMYW episodes 255 and 265, both on those Roth five-year clocks, and download our free guide to the five-year rules for Roth IRA withdrawals. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes, then scroll down to the free resources section and have at it. That said, a lot of preparing for retirement is tricky. One wrong move could really do a number on your financial future. Getting a free assessment from a certified financial planner professional on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors can provide a lot of peace of mind. They'll go over your entire financial situation, confirm if you're on the right track, and help you find ways to meet your retirement plans and goals. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to schedule your free financial assessment now. All right. We got Roger writes in from New Jersey. Hello, Andy, Joe, and Al. No pets. And I drive a Volvo XC90. Uh, my daughter, age 14, got her first summer job. She only has um, able to work three weeks because of other commitments because she worked so little at a seasonal job. And we did not submit all required employment forms. The employee paid her all cash, a total of about 1100 bucks. I would like to start a Roth IRA for her, but in unsure how this should be documented. Uh, there are no timesheets, pay stubs, W-2, et cetera. Do I file a tax return for my daughter or can I just open up a custodial IRA? Thank you. Great question. Very Is this good. an under the table job? Uh, well, well he's, he's not necessarily like, yeah, it was under the table, but he wants to go legit. Yeah, wants to go legit. So Roger's so, from New Jersey, right? right. And he's, he's like, I'm going legit here. So I'm going to tell you the proper way to do it, Roger. Uh, and that is, and this is true for anybody. If you, if you receive money for services, whether or not you get a W-2 or a 1099, you're required to report it on your tax return. In this case, it would be $1,100 reported as consulting income. Right. And usually you put that on Schedule C. You don't have to. You could do miscellaneous income subject to self-employment tax. But if you put it on the Schedule C small business, you might she, your daughter might be able to write off a couple expenses against it. But whatever your net profit is on this, call it a thousand. That's uh, you have to pay income tax on that and self-employment tax on that. But then you can do a Roth conversion Doesn't, contribution. Contribution. Thank you. Contribution. It doesn't matter if that you didn't get a W-2 or a 1099. Uh, but that's the right answer. 
there is an underground economy. Not everyone reports every dollar that they make when they don't get forms. Underground economy. That's the wrong answer. But we I'm should just, start a podcast called should. Underground Economy. Yeah. I love how it. To, how to work around it. <laughs> we would have to give ourselves fake names. We would. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your voices We're, wouldn't be the least bit recognizable. Come on. Recording this in uh, Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's that's how you that's how you legitimize it. Uh, your daughter files a tax return and either fills out Schedule C or calls it miscellaneous income, and but she has to pay self-employment tax on it. She probably wouldn't pay income tax on it because it's too low, but she would have to pay self-employment tax, which is roughly fifteen percent of the eleven hundred. Yep. Um, and then the contribution amount that. Roger's daughter can make is what that profit is. So let's yeah. call it eleven hundred dollars. Sure. Call it a hundred dollars in tax. It's one hundred fifty bucks in tax. Um, so they, the nine hundred fifty is the uh, the profit. She could put nine hundred fifty bucks into a Roth. That would well, be the maximum contribution, or close. But I mean, let's say there's no other expenses except the self employment tax. She's a seasonal <laughs> worker. I know. I don't think there's expense. Well, well, I don't know. I guess. Well, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, she may be to avoid that, but generally you get to deduct half of the self-employment tax that you pay against the 1100. So let's call it, let's call it, you end up with about a thousand. So about 15% of a thousand. Um, I'm sorry. A thousand bucks is what you could do roughly in a Roth. That's what I was trying to right. think. Right. I said 950. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't to the NASA ass here. So it's actually, correctly. it's actually, Thousand twenty-five to be exact. <laughs> but if the point was this: is that she couldn't put the full five thousand, six thousand dollars. No, you're, you're limited to your earned income. Earned income. Yep. Right. So Roger, yep. don't go overboard because then you'll have, you know, even if his daughter doesn't have the thousand dollars, he could still put it into the Roth for her in her name. Oh sure, as long as she has earned income. Right. But he, he could not make a full contribution because it's either That's the right. full contribution or earned income, whichever's yeah. higher. And you can't just make a contribution just because you feel like it. The, the, the person, like in this case, your daughter has to have earned income on her tax return. So in other words, if she doesn't work next year, she can't have a contribution next year. Correct. It's a year by year thing. And you can, with her, open up a custodial. That's, that's okay. Custodial Roth IRA. That works. Okay. All right. Thanks, Roger. Appreciate it. Good day, Andy, Joe, and Big Al. I'm Saul from Virginia. Hey, Saul. I love the show and find it not only entertaining, but also very informative and useful. I have two questions for you. One related to Roth 401k, and the other is with regards to long-term capital gains. Regarding the Roth 401k, I understand there, uh, these do have required minimum distributions. However, I'm not clear on if this is a separate bucket so say, for example, my total RMD comes to $50,000 when I reach 72. I'll be able to remove all $50,000 from the Roth 401k? Or are each account's IRA, traditional 401k, Roth 401k treated as a unique bucket? And I need to remove the RMD from each bucket based on the formula of the RMD based on my age. Uh, before we answer the capital gains, let me uh, let's, yeah, let's, let's that tackle one. that. Yep, yep. So if you have a 401k in an IRA in another 401k, you will have to take a required minimum distribution out of each account. Um, Roth 401ks, you have to take an RMD. 
but there's no reason for you to take the RMB out of the Roth 401k because when you separate, or you, right now you could even roll the Roth 401k into a Roth IRA. Roth IRAs do not have the RMD. So that would avoid the RMD entirely out of the Roth if you wanted to avoid it. So Roth 401k, you move that into a Roth IRA, that avoids your RMD. Now you have a 401k and let's say an IRA. You would have to take two RMDs out of the 401k and the IRA to satisfy your RMD. If you move the 401k into an IRA, then you would only have one RMD. So if you have 401ks, multiple 401ks, you would have to take multiple RMDs. If you have multiple IRAs, you only have to take one RMD. Um, weird rules, but that's just how it's, it's uh, stated. That was extremely clear. I'm proud of you. All right. Thank you. Good practicing. <laughs> All right. Regarding capital gains tax, uh, my question is, does the amount of capital gains count towards the capital gains income bracket? I understand the brackets for married, finally, jointly couple is 0% up to $80,000, 15% for, he understands the brackets, Al. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for capital gains. Yep, 15% mm -hmm. for anything between 80801 and 501 and $600,000. Um, and then 20%, anything over 501-600. But let's spitball on the following. All right. Like it. Love it. Say I set aside one year worth of expenses on a savings account that will barely make me $300 a year in interest, and that is my only income for the year. No salary, no dividends. And say I sell an investment holding or holding that combined uh, gives me a million dollars in capital gains. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> would I be paying 0% tax on the long-term <laughs> capital gain amount of a million dollars? Since I only had $3,000 of income from the interest on my savings account. Thanks again uh, for taking the time to answer all of our questions and keeping up, keep up with the awesome work. And you are welcome uh, for not asking about the Megatron red barn door, five car garage. <laughs> Rob. All right. That's good. Love it. That's a, that's a great question because we talk about capital gains when you're in the lowest two brackets of ordinary income they're taxed at zero but uh, unfortunately solid doesn't really work like you suggested it goes only up to the eighty thousand eight hundred, right so in other words in your example in round numbers the first eighty thousand of capital gain is taxed at zero okay the next amount of capital gain from eighty thousand to five hundred thousand is taxed at fifteen percent and then everything above five hundred thousand is taxed at twenty percent plus once your adjusted gross income gets over 250,000 for married 200,000 single, you have to pay an, ex an extra net investment income tax of 3.8% for capital gains and interest and dividends, non-passive income. Uh, I have a follow-up question on that. Okay. So let's say that is true. Saul has zero income. Yeah. He is $300. And Saul right. is, let's, uh, I don't know if Saul is single or married. Uh, but let's just assume he's married and has a standard deduction of 25000 Well, he says, I understand the brackets for married filing jointly. So we'll go with that. All right. I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to assume Saul is married. <laughs> That's what he said. Okay. Got it. I wasn't at the wedding, so I don't know. I, I can't confirm or deny. We need proof, Saul. <laughs> yes. Um, so the new requirements. <laughs> we like a wedding, okay. wedding photos. Uh, <laughs> we need this verified. 
Can you send over your marriage license with the question, please? Um, so he's got a $25,000 standard deduction. So in reality, his taxable income is negative 25000 That's true. Right? So does capital gains work on the taxable income or adjusted gross or yeah, could he ta- then taxable income so so, so there's another 80,000 plus the 25 yeah, that he would so, sell that would be tax free yeah so it's that's a really good point so so really in other words you could have 105,000 of income right let's say capital gains because you get a $25,000 standard deduction so your taxable income is 80,000 which is still in the lowest two ordinary income brackets which means your capital gain is taxed at zero That's accurate. Capital gains tax and how it works with ordinary income tax is a frequent source of confusion for YMYW listeners. If you are one of them, click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes and check out Capital Gains versus Ordinary Income Tax Explained. That's YMYW episode number 325 to learn more. The Ultimate Guide to Roth IRAs is also there for your downloading pleasure to help you make sense of Roth IRAs versus Roth 401ks, how conversions and contributions work, and why the fellows think Roths are such a big deal. The podcast show notes is also where you can ask Joe and Big Al on air any money questions, have them spitball about your financial situation, or tell us what you think about the podcast. And hey, if you feel like you're getting something of value out of YMYW, do us a favor, hit the share button there at the top of the show notes and tell someone else about it. That's the best way to say thanks. Hello, Andy, Al, and Joe, uh, calling with a couple of questions about the effects of unemployment compensation and IRA contributions. Uh, 60-year-old, parentheses, Jack, owned a business that was decimated by COVID. Jack received $15,000 of unemployment assistance in 2021, of which the first $10,200 is tax-exempt. He had no other income during the year. Fortunately for Jack, he is married to awesome to the awesome Diane. Right. Jack and Diane. That's that is fortunate. Who was also 60 years old and had earned income of at least $14,000 in 2021. Jack and Diane want to make the maximum IRA contributions for 2021. Is Jack eligible to make the IRA contribution? If so, what is the maximum amount? Yes, uh, Jack is eligible because it doesn't, he's not eligible based on his unemployment compensation. He's eligible based on Diane's income. Correct. It's a spousal IRA contribution. So Jack and Diane are married. This is really cute, by the way, Jim. (laughs) Did you just Um, figure that out, Joe? (laughs) (laughs) A little ditty about Jack and Diane. Yeah, 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 no, it's good. Uh, (laughs) A little Mellencamp. um, Even I knew what that one was. Nice. so it's a spousal. You can make an IRA contribution based on as long as if, if you're not working, if Jack is not working, Diane is working. And as long as they have enough income to make contributions for both, which he does, which is $14,000, $7,000 a piece. Yeah, that, that's right. So if Diane only made $10,000, then, then you could put in only $10,000 between the two of you, however you want to do it, seven and three, five and five, whatever you want to do. Uh, question number two is, can Diane make a spousal contribution on Jack's existing IRA, or is it a new IRA required for spousal contributions? Okay, 
Diane has the income. So Diane is going to make her own contribution based on her own income. Correct. Jack is going to make the spousal contribution. The spousal contribution will go into his own IRA. He doesn't have to set up like a spousal IRA. Yeah. And the check does not have to come from her. She's got income. It just has to go into your IRA. Any IRA that you have will do. If you don't have an IRA, then set one up. But, you know, Joe, I, I was thinking one thing. But here. Diane has to set up her own as well. It's yeah, an oh, sure. I, individual retirement accounts. That, There's no joint accounts. Correct. That's that's right. Each each have their own. But I'm thinking, reading between the lines, if uh, if Jack didn't really make any money to speak of and or not expecting in 2021, and if Diane only made 14000 why not do a Roth contribution? The, the IRA deduction isn't going to help you that much. Very good. See like that. I yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Thanks, Jim from Santa Cruz. Is Jim a teacher? Could be. You know, because the whole storytelling here. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's good at that. Right. I'll actually, I'm going to be up in Santa Cruz in a couple of weekends. Yeah. Why don't you guys hang out and right. have some tea? And- <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He didn't say what he drinks. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's right. For as many times as Jim has emailed us, he hasn't told us what he drinks yet. So Jim, get on that, please. Right. Hi, Joe. Grande, Alan, Andy. Uh, John from Albaline. Abilene. 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 I remember Albaline, John. I've <laughs> uh, got a Roth scenario question in one fun question. Okay. Ooh. Can't wait for that. Exciting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right. We got the Roth scenario question. If someone is under 59 and a half and has $1,000 in monthly dividends from one stock, and uses those dividends to buy different stocks uh, within the Roth. Oh, so it's inside the Roth. Is this considered a contribution or is this just regular dividend distributions from the Roth? So if I understand John's question is that he has dividend paying stocks inside the Roth and that dividends is, is kicking out dividends and he's just repurchasing the stock within those dividends. Does that count as a contribution inside the Roth? Yeah, the answer is no. Yeah, because it's just an investment inside the Roth. That's, I mean, in capital investments grown, you know, you could have a dividend, you can have interest, right? You have capital gains. Sure. So all three in the Roth is tax free. Right. And it doesn't count as a contribution. It's only cash dollars that you're putting from, let's say, your checking account um, in depositing into your Roth IRA would be considered a contribution. If these dividends are sitting in a brokerage account and you're using the dividends, from an outside brokerage account to go into your Roth IRA to buy shares of stock whenever you have in your Roth, then yes, that would be treated as a contribution. Yes, agreed. But if the stock is inside the Roth, then the answer is no. All right. Uh, second question is a fun Lotto question. Lotto. Lotto. Fun Lotto question. Right. Lotto, what, what, who's, what's a fun Lotto question? Well, just read it. See hey, if it's fun. I got a fun lotto. I went to, I've never heard of an expression of fun lotto. <laughs> like, well, let's see what he asks. Let's, right. see, let's see if it is fun. Okay. Um, oh, it's like a lottery question. Yeah. There you go. All right. I should prepare for this more. <laughs> or you could ask, you could answer the lotto question. <laughs> loaded. Uh, okay. Currently the mega lotto. Is uh two hundred ninety three million? Ooh, that's fun. That's the, this is that's fun. This, <laughs> this, this, this question is super right, fun. Right. 
Like I'm having so much fun. Yeah, right. Uh, Texas Lotto says the cash value would be two hundred fourteen thousand or two hundred fourteen million for Texas residents. Right. What would the three of all you do with the lotto winnings? He said, "Y'all." He's from Texas. Of course. What What did I say? (laughs) Three of all of you. Oh, three of y'all. Three of (laughs) y'all. (laughs) Y'all. You're from Minnesota. You don't say y'all. Y'all. Joe. Uh, your beer of the week to try is um, Hofbrau. Hofbrau. Hefeweizen. <laughs> yep. I know what Hefeweizen is. Hofbrau. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a brewery in Munich, Germany, which I've been to. Oh, wow. Look at you, big. They also have a, one in uh, Las Vegas next time you're there. Hofbrau. And, Hofbrau. Yeah, in Vegas. I don't think I'll be in Germany or Vegas. <laughs> in- <laughs> Time in the next, I met, think you can probably the, get Hofbrau at the grocery store too. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, Andy, do you spell your name with a Y or an I? That is yeah, A N D I. Great question because a lot of people write in they, like Andy, like like a boy's name, Andy. Yep, yeah, A N D I with an I. Yes, yep. that is it. No Very E, nice. no Y, no. Okay. So, what would you do? What would y'all three do with the lot of winnings? What would you do, Big Al? You already got the biggest wallet. <laughs> I'd have to get a bigger wallet, wouldn't I? Yes, you would. I'd have to get a giant. For two hundred and fourteen million, yeah, I think so. Hmm. Well, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I already got what I need. I know I exactly want. what I would do. What would you do, Andy? What would you do first? <laughs> I would take care of all of the financial troubles for everybody that I, all of my loved ones, everybody I would care about. Oh, I would just take care of them. Then everyone is going to come after you. For the rest of well, your life. No, I'm not going to tell anybody else. I'm just going to be like, okay, here's here's a house for you. I'm going to do the Oprah thing. Here's a house for you and a house for you. And just, I'm going to take care of everybody. Oh, she's yeah. got a pile of money. All, all the nearest people to me. No, I got to change my answer. Okay. <laughs> because now I'm going to just sound like selfish. Yeah. No, come on. Let's hear it. I'm going to feed the Africa, children. That's right. Africa. It's all <laughs> oh, just Africa the people kids. closest to me. No, no, it's different. Like, um, <laughs> Farm aid. We're gonna have Andy aid. So you're you're buying a super cool Corvette. Or no, something. I'm gonna. Uh, I would I would build uh, my own golf course. Oh well, that's that'd be fun. Yeah, and have a really cool bar that serves yeah. Hefeweizen. Yeah, or Hefe Hefe Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, a little Jameson. Right. Um, what was the Jameson? Cam, um, cam stack. Cask, cask mate stout. Yes. Yep. Some Corona. Yeah. Yep. You know, and what was the, the other? Well, and then you gotta have the swing lube big, and the land shark. Swing lube, land shark, and then we have. Depends on if it's winter. Uh, yeah, the guy likes wine in the in the summer or that's winter. Right. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, what would I do? I probably, um, I think I'd buy a Ocean View home in Del Mar. I think I would. That would be my selfish thing. Ooh, I've already got the place that I want for a second home in Hawaii, so I'm good there. And I think, you know, the rest of it. Well, first of all, the tax rates probably in Texas, but federal rates going to be thirty seven percent. So more than a third of it goes away. Right. Oh, yeah. I suppose I should mention if I won the Texas lotto, the first thing I'd do is move to California. (laughs) Well, after you pay the no state tax. Right. Exactly. Got it. We're not making this fun anymore. (laughs) Al is talking about taxes. Andy's making me feel guilty. Well, so I, I told you I would buy an Ocean View home in Del Mar. Yeah, what was that? Two million bucks? And be, then you got two hundred ninety-two million to go. What well, I got to I got to pay a third, more than a third for taxes. So, so I end up with whatever that is, one fifty, right? Yeah. And then I buy the five or ten million dollar home. Then I then I'd have one heck of a life after yeah. that, right? With the income on that, plus I would travel more and I'd give a lot more to charity. Yep. Yeah. I would like Grove 23. It's Michael Jordan's golf course. That's okay. what I would build that. 
Yeah, okay, right. Yeah. Where at? I don't know. Yeah, you, you have to think about. <laughs> I it. Think. Yeah, maybe. Want to go to like Scottsdale or something like that? No, it's super hot. Super no, hot. It would, it would probably be somewhere close Pumped, to here. Palm Springs. Like it's super hot. Yeah. No, I mean somewhere Southern California. Got it. And then I would feed all the children. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you would, Joe. <laughs> hey, we had a podcast survey, Alan. Did you realize this? I did realize that. Yeah, because you told me. We had uh, we we like to survey our, our listeners just to see you know what they think. Yeah, what they think. You know, thumbs, there, thumbs up, thumbs there, down. Yeah, is there other topics that two, they would like? Two thumbs like? up, two thumbs down. Yes, um, we're getting a lot of nice one stars. Those are my favorite. <laughs> um, well, so, they're, they're, at least they're honest. Yes, that honesty is the best policy. And we have a winner. And we bribe people to fill this thing out. Oh, okay. Nice. So, want to congratulate uh, Miss M um, for filling out Andy's survey. And we we gave- sent her a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Hundred dollars, Amazon gift good. card. That's pretty good. What Straight you... out of Big Al's pocket, Big right Al's there. big wallet. Yeah, my wallet fell a little bit smaller last week. Hundred dollars. Um, what would you do with that? With uh, Amazon dollar gift cards? Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. Something golf related? Yeah, I'd probably just buy some more golf balls. Maybe I don't know. Golf balls. That's yeah. usually what I get on Amazon. Got I don't it. golf stuff. Yeah, golf balls. Golf, just golf balls. Yeah, normally that's usually what I get. <laughs> Golf gloves, golf balls, maybe a golf tee. Golf tees. Tees, yeah. Okay. Good. Are you a big Amazon shopper? Yeah. Well, I mean, Annie is. I mean, you get boxes <laughs> every day? Not every day, but I'll tell you what, during COVID, we almost did. I don't know. It was like the thing to do, I guess, because you couldn't go out. So might as well just get boxes. Just binge on <laughs> keep purchasing. Every day you're opening presents. <laughs> Wonder what this is. Um, all right, Miss M. Uh, thank you for the Amazon.com gift card. I didn't think I'd win anything given my luck, but wanted to share my thoughts on the survey because I truly enjoy listening to the podcast. Thank you, Miss Andy, Big Al, and Little Joe. Keep it up with the arrogance makes the show more interesting. I I find it like a quiet confidence. <laughs> Thank you. That's what you call it? Quiet, really? Other people apparently call it arrogance. Uh, they're, they they just need to get to know me just a little bit longer. Yeah, that's like why. Fine, yeah, gotta let it breathe. Way. That's what you're talking just gotta about. Gotta let it breathe. Just, yeah, right. Next thing you know, they'll be like, I, "I'm, you gonna, know what? I'm this in guy, a fridge." My, this guy my, wasn't so sure about him, but he's got a big heart. I love this guy. That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Tours light. Ah, he's just a regular Joe. Right. Uh, no pun intended. Um, and I appreciate your straight talking honesty. Love the derails too, guys. Miss M. All right. Well, thank you, Miss M. Oh, really nice. appreciate um, all of our listeners. Uh, Andy, wonderful job. Thank you for doing the survey and thank you for keeping us in line here. Yes. I wanted to mention the fact that at the very end of the survey, there's the qu- trivia question of how many five-star reviews does YMYW have on Apple Podcasts? And yeah. nobody got it right. The answer is there are 51 five-star reviews. Well, there are also it? three one-star reviews. <laughs> well, we have more than 50. Oh, reviews or reviews. reviews. There's a difference reviews. between reviews and ratings. So yes, you, you can actually go in and go through the effort of laboriously counting all of the five-star reviews, but nobody bothered. <laughs> no, one, no, one, no one put an answer in that don't one? Don't we have like 200? What, what, what's the number? We have 234 five-star ratings. Of those, 51 of them are five-star actually include reviews. Where they actually said something. Yep. Oh, got it. Not just stars. It's correct. Like, and then, of course, you, we've I'm also got you. a bunch of four star, three star, two star, and then uh, 11 one star ratings. Uh, now, I'm giving you a one star because 
the host is arrogant. Yeah. Yep. That's what you do. That was the most recent one. They just blow, <laughs> blow us up. It's, it's, I'm not it's, listening to you. It's perfectly fine. That's good. You There's can thousands. change the channel. 500,000 I mean, podcasts. Podca- All right. It's like everyone has. Actually, a there's two million something. Two, two million? million? Yeah. Right. And it's, it's amazing. We're in the top million. <laughs> we're, actually, we're actually within the top 200 of financial podcasts in San Diego County. Uh, in this office. Yeah, right. Uh, we have other advisors doing podcasts. Yeah, too, they're, they're higher rate where we are. Uh, all right. Thank you. Uh, we will see you guys again next week. Show's cut your money well. California Baja, hand signals, Volvos, and bad drivers are in the derails at the end of the episode, so stick around. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment video call. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the certified financial planner professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Hello, California Baja. Big Al, Joe and Andy. That's cute. Baja. Yeah, that's a good one. Right. I don't think I heard that so far. Oh, come on. Will from, you know, Will, the gas siphoner. He called us that. Baja? He called us Baja. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just can't believe you put that in my head. <laughs> Sorry. I the just try to, try to erase <laughs> Will, the gas siphoner. Are we? No, yeah. you can keep going. Let's oh, keep that going. Means... Oh, it's like. I, I haven't. Like... It's been years. I still don't understand these signs. <laughs> Yeah. There's only two. It's either keep going or stop. <laughs> Got it. I get, uh, I get mixed up as to what's what then. Got it. I drive a Volvo XC90. That sounds kind of cool. <laughs> it sounds like a great car. <laughs> Andy, put that up for us so you know. Is, that's a, is that an SUV or what is that? It sounds like with an XC90. That's got to be a big car. Yeah, it's think? super safe, I would imagine. <laughs> it's an SUV. Yeah. 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 Hang on would, just a second. Think. Here's a picture. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, one, that one would keep you safe. Yep. You can run that into a It's wall. a Volvo. Isn't that the whole point of Volvos? Yeah, that's, I believe that's so. Right. That's I, right. I believe they're very safe. Yep. Yeah, Susan Brandeis, her chief financial planning person here yeah. at Pure Financial she's, Advisors. She's got one of those. Yep. yep. And I ask her, ask her, she'll admit, are you a good driver? She's like, no, I'm an awful driver. No, I, I need a safe car. <laughs> that's why I have a Volvo. Have you ever ridden with her? Uh, once. Yeah. Was it adventurous? It was. Uh, like, <laughs> that's why it was only once? <laughs> yeah, that was it. I never have, but I can only imagine. <laughs>